We're reading 2 Corinthians. Um, man, we're starting a new sermon series. It's kind of not new. Um, for some of you guys who don't know, we've been a youth ministry, young adult ministry, all together. Um, we've been kind of functioning for a little over a year. Amen, somebody. Look at the room right now. We've been here for a year only. Last year, we actually started a sermon series called Basics, and it is literally the basics on relationships, sex, love, all that into one fun sermon series. Um, so for the next three weeks, starting today, we're going to be discussing relationships, sex, love, real love. We're going to talk about exes. Just kidding. Like, ooh, I know who to invite next week. <laughs> Shama. And what we're doing is, I'm not up here. I didn't go around Kissimmee talking to all, like, the love gurus to see what they know about relationships. We're diving into the Bible and seeing what the Bible says. And we're not seeing what culture says. We're not seeing what the world is saying. Uh, man, we are a church based off the Bible. Amen. We're jumping into the Bible every single week. And um, so that's, that's kind of what tonight is based off of. So last year we launched it, and it was so much fun. And um, sad to say, I don't know if this is sad or a good thing. It's probably a good thing. Probably a bad, I don't know. Last year, <laughs> in the middle of our sermon series, we had like a couple people, a bunch of people just break up. And um, so I don't know what to expect this year, but here's what I want you to do. I want everyone to hold their hands out. And this is what I, I know to be true. When we are open to God, something can happen in our life. Can you hold your hands out, everybody in the room? Come on, hold it in front of you like you want some rice from your mama or some platanos from your grandma or some salami. Hold out your hands. I want you to look at your hands, all right? Look at your hands. And I want you to say these words. God, take what's in my hand. If it does not benefit me, if it's not going to move me forward, take what's in my hands. Come on, God's already doing something. Come on. So I don't know what I don't know what's going to happen in these next couple of weeks, but man, with that prayer, I believe God wants to move you further, faster. Some of y'all feel like you're stuck, and you're not meant to be stuck. Some of you guys feel like you're, you're, you're dragging along this, this huge you, the past you, and you feel like you can't move anywhere. Some of you guys have had bad relationships in the past, so now you have these goggles of how relationships really are and how guys really are, and you're filtering how the world is because of what happened to you in the past. If you always live through experience, through experience you never get to experience what God has for you. If you always live based off what you experience, you'll never get to experience what God has for you. Let's pray for tonight. God's ready, moving. Um, I'm nervous. I'm always nervous, but tonight I'm extra nervous because uh, these notes that I'm taking, man, I pray all the time. I'm not like gassing myself up, but like when I'm up here, I'm like, yo, my words drop to the floor and God's words go to y'all. Like, I don't want any part of me to be up on here. It's just God's words. And I was praying and, and this is going to sound a little rough. And what tonight is going to sound like it's a little cut edge. But man, the word of God is a double edged sword. And man, not only does it cut you, but it comforts you. And conviction is your friend. Come on, somebody. Conviction is something you hold on to. That's what tells you what's right and what's wrong. And if you lost it, you can get it back tonight. And if you feel like you're running from conviction, understand that conviction is your friend. It's not your enemy. We hate to feel guilt sometimes because of what we're doing or what we've done. But man, that's only going to push us forward to not do it again. Amen? Let's pray. God, we love you so much. All over this room, every head bowed, every eye closed. God, our hearts are open to you tonight. From the front to the back, God, we pray your presence all over this place. May your spirit be the foundation that we're all standing on tonight. We know that this sermon is going to end off at the altar. We know that tonight is going to end off, God, with all of us at the altar, at the feet of Jesus. God, literally crying out to you because you are good. People may fail us, but you are good. We may feel alone sometimes, but God, you are good. We may feel broken. We may feel just ostracized and, and, and cast it out, but God, you are good. And tonight we pray you breathe on all of us today. God, may my words fall flat right here, but God, may your words seep through. And everyone says... 
Come on, and everybody says, can you make a little bit of noise if you're full of faith tonight? Come on. We're reading 2 Corinthians. It's in the New Testament, written, written by your boy Paul. Uh, I'm reading the message version. So 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6. Anybody have a Bible? Did anybody bring a Bible to church? Can you wave it in the air? Come on, show it off. If the person next to you doesn't have a Bible, I want you to just stare at them. And I want you to say, what you doing, dog? <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14. It's going to get so real off the bat, but I, what I need you to do is I need you to tune in. Let's read together. I'm going to read that huge Bible behind me. It says this, do not become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? Keep it there. How can right and wrong be in communion? How can someone left and someone right be in the same place? This is what he's saying. He says, don't become partners with those who reject God. You're trying to shout out to God. But then you have those who are rejecting God, and you're trying to bridge the gap with something called love. But if it's not the love of God that's bridging the gap, it's only a bridge of sand, and it will fall. And it will not stand. I love that because it's just so direct, right? Like, do not. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? Next. It says this. Next verse. That is not partnership. That's actually war. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Next verse. Do trust and mistrust hold hands. Who would think of setting up again idols in God's holy temple? But that is exactly what we are, each of us, a temple of whom God lives. God himself put it this way. I love it. It's so simple. I'll live in them, move into them. I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. So leave the corruption and compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Leave it for good. Stop looking for closure. Leave it for good. Don't link up with those who will pollute you. I want you all for myself. Keep it there. God is jealous of you. Like some of us are scared of a jealous partner. Like God is jealous of you. Whenever you put something in front of him and whenever you actually walk away from what he, he is jealous for you and he's worried about you. And he's looking at your phone. That's called prayer. He's looking at it, and he's waiting for you to call on his name again. And he's sitting by your bed as you sleep, and he's waiting for you to wake up. And sometimes you feel him nudging you. Sometimes you feel him pushing you. He is jealous of you. I want you all for myself. Next verse. I'll be a father to you. You'll be sons and daughters to me. The word of the master God title of tonight's sermon is this. I want you to write it. If you're taking notes, wherever you're at tonight, it's not going to be on the screen. Um, I just want you to just take the note if you're taking notes. Anybody taking notes tonight? It's the best way to pass a test if you have notes. And um, this is your open book test, all right? I want you to write the title of tonight's talk. I want you to write it down. You ready? Jesus loves me. That's it. Some of you are going to write the song. Yes, I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me. Man, I love, out of this passage, we get instructions on how to pick someone uh, that you want to be with for the rest of your life. I don't know about you, but there's two major decisions in your entire life that you can make. The first decision is this, saying to God, yes, I want you. I want to live in you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. That is the most important decision you can make. Not only does it determine where you spend eternity, but it determines who you're living for. We're not promoting a place. We're promoting a person. And that's an, a very important decision. It, it's kind of saying, Jesus, I, I want you. I need you. And if you haven't made that decision, tonight at the end of the sermon, we're going to open up the floor for those of you who want to say yes. And we love you. And we're walking with you. And we're not pushing you into it. God wants to, the, I believe the moment of salvation is today. Whoever you are, 
So that's a really important decision, like, yes to Jesus. But I believe this. The second important decision you can ever make in your life is who you will spend the rest of your life with. I want you to throw it up. Choosing someone that doesn't love God can lead to a... Oh, you threw me off, y'all. Choosing someone that doesn't love God can lead to war in your relationship. This is why that decision of who you're going to be with for the rest of your life is so important. Because you can literally live a life in war. If, am I going to go with this person in that direction or am I going to follow God? Like that's a huge decision, you know what I mean? And, and here's the thing, every good thing comes from God, but sometimes we make a good thing to a God thing. And sometimes we take some things and we, and we kind of focus on it too much and we focus on the gift instead of the giver of the gift. So man, that's our first point, our first point tonight is this. Choosing someone that doesn't love God is setting yourself up for every day being in a war, having to choose between them and God. And man, if you've ever been in a relationship, we call that missionary dating. Um, <laughs> that's, what's a missionary? A missionary is a person who goes to a foreign country to preach the gospel. Uh, so when you're actually in a relationship that someone doesn't know Jesus, it's called missionary dating. <laughs> the goal is to get them to love Jesus. And somewhere in there, you guys are like, you know, loving each other and all that. And that's awesome. Uh, but man, sometimes because who we choose with, we go into war in our relationships. Sometimes who we choose to be with, we're literally choosing friction in our everyday lives. And I'm putting some weight on this, man, because the next time you get asked, do you want to be my girlfriend? I mean, I don't know about you, but man, I date to marry. I don't date to just date. I'm not wasting time. But the next time I'm asked, the next time you feel like asking that girl, do you want to be my girlfriend? The question is, if you're not with God, are you ready to be in war every single day of our lives? That's the real question. Next time you're asked out, think about it. Wait a minute. Because if you're not the right one, there's going to be friction. If you're not what the verse just told me how to look for someone, if you're not that, then this is going to be war. And what was intended to be good is actually bad because it's just someone I chose. Like, God wants you to be happy. God wants you to have a person. And this is crazy. Like, back in the day when you were, like, a really bad person, there was this type of punishment they did to people. It's called, I wrote it down, dismemberment. Every time I say it, I say Dismemberment, but that's not it. So I had to read it. Dismemberment. And what that literally is is this. It, it changed over time. And um, they'd like pull your arms off and pull your legs off, like real brutal. Um, but in the medieval times, this was really famous. They took a horse, and the horse would like have a rope around it, and the rope on one end would be attached to your arm. And then on the opposite side of that horse, there's another horse attached to this arm and another to this leg, and another to that leg. And they would sound the alarm, they'd whip the horses, and all horses would go in different directions. And that was your execution, being pulled in different directions, being ripped apart. And that's so brutal, isn't it? Man, sometimes because of the people we choose, we're literally living a life of dismemberment. That we're choosing God, but we're choosing someone else. We're literally saying, God, I love you. I'm all this in church. But then, like, we go that direction. And what's literally happening is we're being pulled in two different directions. And for the next 10 or 15 minutes, and we're going to be talking about this, the dismemberment of our lives that's happening because of the relationships that we're in. Simply because you two are headed different directions, you're setting yourself up for a relationship of execution. And I want that to hit you because it hit me. When you are in a different direction with the person you choose to be with, you are setting yourself up for execution. Huge. How can a different direction set my relationship for execution? How? How can a different direction between me and the girl I'm with, between me and the guy I'm with, how can a different direction literally break me and execute me? Here's a way. Sometimes because your view on sex is different than theirs. Something small, something simple as that. Your view on sex is different than theirs. Let me explain. You want to do things right. They want to do things their way. And now you are in war because you are being pulled into two. You feel like sex is only for marriage. 
the biblical way, the best way, the way that God, listen, God wants you to have amazing sex, but he wants you to have it with the person that you plan to be with for the rest of your life. God made you, God made you to have sex. He made you to, to have fun. But when you are doing it with the person you're not supposed to, that you haven't put a ring on it. And this is the thing, you guys can have different mindsets, different mindsets, different directions on what sex is supposed to be like. And you're literally being split into two. He's going this way, you're going that way, she's going that way, you're going this way, and your relationship will be executed. It will. And there's no doubting that, I promise you, there's no doubting that. How can a different direction set my relationship up for execution? Here's another one. A different opinion on expectations. Expectations is a huge thing in a relationship. You expect to feed him whenever he's hungry, but he's expecting a back rub. This is just like real tactical. So you're trying to feed the man, he's trying to get a back rub. And every time he comes home, you got a plate for him, but he wants a back rub. And something as small as expectations. Ladies, you go to the car, you're expecting that door to open. He's going to the car expecting to drive home. Because of the different direction and expectation, I believe your relationship can be set up to fail. Expectations, y'all, like that's huge. Like you gotta know your expectations before you're getting into a relationship. And this is the biggest thing. Some of you guys are like, okay, John, this is terrible. Being in a relationship, not okay. Because the simplest difference can set me up for failure. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to find out who I'm supposed to be with when there's so many different things we can have opinions on, which can definitely set us up for failure? What am I supposed to do? Can you do that now? How do I know who to choose? How do I know who to choose? You're saying this is important. This is the biggest decision of my life. This is going to dictate how I'm living 20 years in, 30 years in. Who do I choose? And my answer is the answer that I would have if we were at the Florida Mall and you asked me, which Chinese spot am I going to go to? There's so many Chinese spots. There's so many. There's like 10. There's like Mai Ling and then Mi Young and then Ting Kong Kong. And if you're Asian in here, I'm not profiling you. Just a little bit. So so many options of what to do. And here's my answer. How do I know who to choose? It's my same answer when I go to the food court. I'm gonna take some samples. Let's be real. I'm gonna take some samples. And check this out. If you are thinking about a nasty sample, I want to let you know we have different expectations for what a sample is. I'm not talking about a taste that like that, no. I'm not talking about all in the mouth, no. I'm talking about, I'm talking about taking a sample. I'm talking about friendship. I'm talking about getting to know the person before you say, I love that person. And here's my next point tonight. I want you to write this down. It's either friendship first or no ship. Write it down. Come on. It's either friendship or this thing is going nowhere. It's either friendship and that's my sample. Listen, I want to know what you like. I want to know, listen, if we're, if we're going to go out, are, are, you the, are you the life of the party? Because I don't really like loud people. But he shows up like, yo, I like to be loud. And it's like different directions. Your sample is friendship, y'all. That's your sample. And off the bat, if you want to get a relationship and you can't do nothing about it, there goes your answer. If you need a ride to go see her, that's fine. Just wait a little longer. Um, it, if you can't make decisions on your relationship, don't be in a relationship. You're setting yourself up to fail. Literally different directions because she's in Boggy Creek and, and, and you're in Oak Ridge and it's literally not working out. So <laughs> that's off the bat. And all your parents have different ages for you to be in a relationship. And I'll respect that. But this is my thing. It's either friendship or no ship. It's either friendship or this thing isn't going nowhere. And that is my sample to know who you are and who I 
should choose. That was an announcement. That's actually God. Attention all boys and girls, you are in the right place at the right time. I have a plan for you. And I'm gonna take you further faster. And this dude is speaking truth right now, so you better lift your voice up. You better push the person next to you because I am in the room tonight and I'm gonna do something at the end of this. Thank you for making that better. In a relationship, what am I looking for? I'm about to give you, I'm about to give you gold, all right? I'm about to give you gold. In a relationship, what am I looking for? Throw it up. In a relationship, what am I looking for? It's the three C's, all right? So if you're taking the three C's, in a relationship, what am I looking for? In my sampling section, in my friendship section, the friendship or no ship, in that stage, what am I looking for? It's the three C's. The first C is this, character. What is character? Character is the sum of his or her disposition, their thoughts, and their intentions. I'm going to say it again. It is the sum of his or her disposition, thoughts, and intentions. Does this person I want to be with have integrity? Are they the same person when nobody's looking? That's so deep. Do they have character? When we're in church, are they praising God? And when we're out of church, are they praising the devil? What's going on? The first C is character. You, you got to look for character. Is this person full of integrity? Is that person the same when people are looking, when no one's looking? Is this person worshiping the same in their car, the same way in their altar? Is this person reading the Bible the same on a Friday night, on a Saturday morning? Like, what's going on? You need to look for character in somebody. Character, it's huge. What are your values? Are you a people person? Are you inclusive? Is everyone around you just better because you walked in? Are you always lifting people up or are you, are, you, are you always tearing people down? What is the character of the person you are looking into? The first C is character. What are the values? Who is their friends? Because listen, this is so true. Show me who your friends are. I'll show you who you'll be in five years. And some of y'all are looking like, no, but he's the best one in the group. They will pull him down. He's the leader. He's encouraging all of them every week. Who is your circle of friends? Show me who your friends are. I'll show you who you'll be. What is going on? What is their character like? Are you disciplined? Are you maximizing your moments? Is Friday your only moment to give God everything? What is your life like? What's your character? That's the first C. Is that a good C? Is that good character? The second one is this, chemistry. Let's go to chemistry. And chemistry is attraction to somebody. Is there chemistry? And listen, I'm not talking about the chemistry that is attracted only through appearance. Attraction without emotion is lust. Attraction without actual insight on who that person is, is lust. I'm not talking about lust. I'm talking about chemistry. What's chemistry? Am I attracted to you, not sexually, not visually, but emotionally? And, 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 and you know when someone is attracted but has no chemistry when they, they start talking like this, ready? So it's like, oh my God, oh my God, so I love him, you know, he's awesome. But man, I just hate the way he laughs. Like if he could just change his laugh, that'd be awesome. I just hate his laugh. He, here's another, oh my God, but his, I love him, you know, he, he's hot, you know, he has a car, you know, he's awesome. But his facial expressions, oh my goodness. They get so ugly. I'm telling you, they get terrible. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> what just happened? Oh my God, no. I love him. He's hot. But man, I hate the way he walks. His feet are always. And it's not a disability. He, he's just trying to get the swag in it. And it, I hate the way he walks. The way he talks, I'm like, bro, why are you talking like that? 
You always got the nagging, the yada, 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 yada. What's going on? That is somebody that is attracted visually, but there is no chemistry. When you have chemistry, the way they laugh is a turn on. The way they talk drives you crazy. The way they walk, the way they act, listen. She might look ugly right now, but something in the ugly I'm attracted to, and we talk without talking, and I look at it, and we just start laughing, we're ugly together. That's chemistry, and chemistry is attraction, but as it's attached to the emotional side of you and her. And you can tell a, a couple that's attractive, but there's no chemistry because they're on a date, and they're looking awesome. Man, they're not opening up. And they're on a day and they're chilling. They're having so much fun without actually having so much fun. Because they're in it for the looks. It's a spiritual catfish. They're in it for the looks. But when it comes to actually knowing who that person is, they're disgusted. I hate the way he talks. You got to look for chemistry. And that is an easy way to figure out who you're going to be with, who you want to be with in the friendship stage. And the last C is calling. The last C is important. Calling. The calling is important. Um, where are you headed? Two different directions. You're called for local missions. He's called for missionary. It might not work. You're called to be in a local, in local. He's called to be global. You're called to be in a local church. He's called to be an evangelist. You're called over here. She's called over there. Just because they're pretty and loving Jesus doesn't mean they're for you. Just because they're pretty, hot, whatever, and they love God and they have a calling does not mean that they're in your direction. Chemistry, character, call. And I want to talk a little bit more about chemistry. Because this is, I feel, the biggest thing that you need to look for in a relationship. Because sometimes you can be so close to that person, you cannot see who they really are. And that is why you need to be in the friendship zone as long as you can. That is why you need to ride that ship out into the sinks. I'm sorry I spit. You're in the splash zone. Check. You're in the splash zone. You need to ride that ship out, man. Because the bottom line is, you can be so attracted and so close that you don't even notice who that person is. There was one time I was at Chuck E. Cheese. I was younger. Anybody love their dad? Anybody love their poppy? The dad, my daddy, I love you, daddy, no. I was with my dad at Chuck E. Cheese. You know, we're just, we did the basketball thing, and then we're walking. I was like, forget the girls. I'm my dad. I love my dad. How many of you guys love Pastor Gabby? <laughs> Come on. I'm with my dad, and we're walking, and we're walking, and, like, I get caught up. Chuck E. Cheese is just a circus. I just get caught up in something. I'm like, where's my dad? You know, like, I'm like, you're not my dad. <laughs> you know? So I'm walking, and I, I swear, I find my dad. I'm like, oh, God, dad, I love you so much. I see his, like, his hip. You know, I'm so short. I'm so short, whatever. I see his hip and like his shirt. I'm like, yeah, this is dad. Give him a nice, beautiful. I was like, daddy, I love you. I miss you. And I'm like, daddy's not like rocking with me, you know, like he's stiff as a tree. I mean, dad, dad. And like, he, the guy's like this. I look up, I'm like, oh, you're not dad. <laughs> Some big dude, like, I don't even, hey, hey, what's going on over here? Get off of me. I think he hit me. Get, get off me. What do little parents at? Hugging me like that. I don't roll like that. I'm like, oh my, I'm sorry. I was so close to you. You look just like my dad. I was so close to you. I thought you were something that you were not. Listen, in the talking process, some of y'all are talking without saying any words. And you're so close to that person. My God, take a step back and look at them. See their reaction to things. We're talking. We're talking. We're talking. You never talk. And the thing is, you're so close to that person. You find out what their character's like months in the relationship. Because you're so close. You can't even see what it's like. And, and, and you're so attracted. And, and it's the attraction. There's no chemistry. It's just lust. And it's just take a step back. And look at the situation that happens in the friendship stage y'all and we get caught up sometimes because we think talking is kissing and and hard eyes and and instagram posts and snapchats without tagging and 
We think it's all that, but man, talking and that friendship zone is actually taking a step back to who is this person really? Because man, you could be so, come on, you could be so close to something and swear it is what it is. But when you take a step back, you see exactly who it is and exactly what that person is and what, the, what their seeds are like, what's their chemistry, what's their character, and what's their calling. And it's huge, it's huge. And this is crazy. There's a dude in the Bible. His name is Samson. And man, when we, whenever we talk about relationships and dating, man, I can picture Samson in the Bible strolling in the room. Like, bust the door open. You know what I mean? Like, Samson walks in. Obviously, you know, he died a long time ago. But uh, the spiritual Samson, I feel like he has a lot to say about dating relationships. It's crazy. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a little bit of a, like a backstory. So, like, Samson was called. He had to call it. Samson had calling. Samson had character. He was a man of God. But when he chose who he wanted to be with, there was no chemistry. It was only the visual, the visual stimulant that actually attracted him to, her name is very famous, Delilah. If you name Delilah in here, we're praying for you. Your name means deceiver. But come on, God has, God has made you a new creation. Amen. So he, he, he meets Delilah, and it's all like, that's his weakness. That's his clutch. You know what I mean? Like, this is Achilles here, like, Delilah. <laughs> I love God. I got my calling. And what he wasn't a regular dude. Like, God gave him supernatural strength. And part of his strength was in his hair. He had very long hair, like Jalen, before he cut it. He had very long hair. And the thing is that the hair was actually the promise to God to keep his strength. So God said, don't do all these things, but man, one of these things is hair. If you cut your hair, you lose your strength. So man, he, he has character, he has calling, but he has no chemistry with Delilah. And what's happening is he's visually stimulated to be with her, to talk to her. He's literally sleeping next to his weakness every single night. Sleeping next to the person that's gonna destroy them. So close, he can't see who she really is. And he would talk about this. He came up here, he'd be like, yo, talk for a long time. Time is your friend. Time is your friend. Don't look at the roots, look at the fruit. Look at what they're producing. Look at what's happening. And, and this is awesome. This is awesome. Judges 16, 16 to 22 says this. So this is Delilah. She's asking, this is the thing. You can take it off. They'll be distracted. This is the thing, Delilah was bribed by Samson's enemies to slip into him with, at night and actually find out what is the secret to his strength. So in the beginning, she was set up to bring him down, but he couldn't see it, why? Because there was no chemistry, it was all lust, it's so close, he can't notice it. It smells so good, she looks so good. Mm. Delilah, her nickname was Delilah. Malala. And what happens is her mission is to find out what's his weakness and find out how to make this strong man weak. Her mission is to destroy his calling. Her mission is literally to take the very thing that God gave to him, the very gift that God gave to Samson, her very mission, her one goal was to take it away from him. And she was bribed. See, her weakness was money. And she was bribed to get to know him, you know, slip into the DMs, hit him up, whatever. She actually ends up in a relationship with this dude. And she gets to a, a place where she feels comfortable. Samson, what is the secret to your strength? And this is where we pick up the story. It says this. She kept at it all day after day, nagging, tormenting and Yada, 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 yada. Finally, he was fed up. He couldn't take another minute of it. He spilled it. He told her, a razor has never touched my head. I've been God's Nazarite from conception. I've been called. I have character. If I were shaved, my strength would leave me. This is crazy. I would be helpless as any other mortal when Delilah realized that he had told her his secret, what did she do? She's scheming on the low. She sent for the Philistine tyrants, telling them, come quickly. This time he told me the truth. She 
desviado. He's like, what's going on? They came bringing the bride money. Here you go, Delilah. Thank you for your services. She walks out. She goes shopping. When she got to him, he was sleeping. His head was on her lap. She motioned a man to do what? To cut off the seven braids of his hair. Immediately, he began to grow weak. His strength drained from him. Then she said, the Philistines are on you, Samson. They're all over the place. Who called them? He woke up thinking, oh, I'll just go out like always, and I'll shake free, and I'll beat these dudes up. Like always. He didn't realize that God had abandoned him. The Philistines grabbed him. They gouged his eyes out. Come on, they grabbed him. They gouged his eyes out. They took him down to Gaza. They shackled him in irons and put him to the work of grinding in prison. They captured him. They bound him and they removed his eyes. They captured him. They bound him and they removed his eyes. Who am I talking to? They captured him. They bounded him and they removed his eyes. Listen, if you don't see the person you're with, eventually your vision will be removed. And the very thing you thought would bring you freedom has brought you to shackles. And the very person you thought would actually liberate you has you in a place that you're saying, God, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? And I want the band to come up. I can hear Samson literally saying to all of us here today, listen, her beauty blinded me. He's telling you tonight, youth, young adult, create separation. Create separation in this friendship before you get to that place, before you get to the, the, the red zone. Create separation and actually examine and see what's looking on. Does that person have character? Is there calling? Is there chemistry? Who are you really? How are you really? And I feel like if Samson was here, he'd be tugging on you. And boy, guys, just wait a little longer. Just wait. What is time going to do? How can time hurt you? You know what's going to happen with time? You're going to get text messages like this, if you really love me. That's what's going to happen if you, if you let time sit in long enough. All the phoniness and all the, the gassing and all the, the hype, it's exposed. And it, thinks, it rises up. And then it says, if you love me, you'll, you'll kiss me by now. If you love me, you will put me on Instagram by now. You make me public if you love me. And you're like, whoa, 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 listen, this ship did not sail. I am in a friendship with you. And listen, if this is real, then time will tell all, but I'm not rushing. Because listen, yeah, you're attractive, but listen, you're so close. I, I got to take a step back and I got to examine you. I want to be able to start worshiping because we're going to close out. Um, but listen, you might, I, I'm talking to two people in here. You might have been hurt by somebody in a relationship or you might have been the person that's hurt someone. There's two people in the room tonight. Someone who has been hurt by somebody else in a relationship and someone who has done all the hurting and done all the leaving and, and, and done all the damage. And I want to encourage you today. Listen, where you're at is not where God intends for you to be. He wants to take you somewhere. He wants to move you somewhere. I love this verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. This is my, my verse to the death of me. I love it. I know what I'm doing. Yo, you might be hurt. You might feel alone. You might feel like nobody loves you. You might feel like nobody really cares. You might be hurt from what someone did to you. I'm, I'm being real right now. You might feel like that. But I feel God is saying in the room tonight, listen, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Listen, you're in the perfect position for me to intervene. This is what it says. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you and to not abandon you. Plans to give you a future and something to hope for. God has someone waiting for you. Do not settle for someone that is only after what you have to give. Do not settle. Time will tell all. Listen to me, young person. Deciding who you're going to be with is the second most decision you will ever make in your life. And you can make a choice of war or you can make a choice 
of peace. You can make a choice of friction, or you can make a choice of good pastures and good fields and, and roses. It's amazing. One decision can change everything. And, and this is crazy because you can be in here and you hurt someone, or you can be in here or you've been hurt. I remember I, I went, I went uh, paintballing one time. So much fun. Um, anybody ever been paintballing? Anybody ever been on the bad end of paintballing where you just got injured all day and it was so bad? And I'm going back to laser attack. It's less aggressive. I was going uh, paintballing once and man, I was having so much fun. There's, this, there's, there's, a, there's a rule in paintballing, at least where I was at. And I'm behind a wall and man, they're shooting at me, they're shooting at me, they're shooting at me. And I take my gun and I just, you know, pull one of those, you know, like in the movies. Like you're not really looking, you're just like, somebody in the leg or something. I was going to ricochet off the walls. So I'm like behind the wall. I'm like, brr, brr, and the referee goes, he's like, hey, no blind shots. I'm like, what does that even mean? He says, never shoot blind. Never shoot blind. You can always hurt someone you're not mean. You can hurt your own teammates. You can do damage. Never shoot blind. Listen, dating without intentions to marry is like shooting blind. Dating without intentions to marry somebody, you're shooting blind. You're just shooting. And here's the thing about shooting blind. You always do more damage than you think, and you always hurt more people than you expect. Who am I talking to? When you're shooting blind, and listen, y'all, we should be a church. We should be young people that say, listen, the line stops here. My friends, none of them are single. There's a boyfriend every year of high school. But listen, the line stops here. My friend lost her virginity at 13. And ever since then, she's been going from boyfriend to boyfriend, settling for one or no C's. Like, what's happening? And just settling, and just settling, and just settling. We have to be the young people that say, the line stops right here. The next person that I say I love you to is going to be the person I see walking down the aisle. Come on. The next person that I say, listen, I'm ready to start this ship. I'm ready to take it somewhere else. Man, what if that was the last time we take it somewhere? And, and this is the thing. Sometimes we don't value ourselves. Sometimes, and I know value is a, a huge part of everything. Because you feel like if no one's talking to you, then no one loves you. You feel like if no one's hitting you up, then no one really cares about you. Listen, someone is out there for you. God has something for you. And here's the biggest thing. Are you going to be patient enough to wait? Are you going to be patient enough to wait? Dating without intentions to marry is like shooting blind. And this is huge. You might be here tonight. You might be saying, John, I'm hurt. I cannot move on. I cannot move forward. I'm crippled by what has happened to me. I'm tired of doing it God's way, and I want to do it my way. The last dude, I didn't let him touch me, and he left. I'm going to do what he wants me to do, and we'll see how that goes. Some of y'all are, are fed up with the right way to do it, and you are crippled trying to run a race, and you're hurt. And you're fed up and you're saying, I'm, I'm done doing it God's way. I'm just do it my way. And man, and, and I feel like sometimes we, we treat Jesus the same way. Jesus, I've been hurt by that church. I'm not going to church again. Jesus, that person hurt me. They, they shouldn't have done that. I'm not going to lead. I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to seek after you. If you love me, you wouldn't let that happen to me. And the same way I feel like Jesus has been treated. I feel Jesus saying this to you tonight. Every, everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. I feel like Jesus is saying this to you tonight. Whoever you are, if you feel like you don't want to do this this way, you want to do it your own way, Jesus knows exactly how that feels. You know how many times Jesus got rejected? You know how many people say, Jesus, I love you, but turned around and went their own way? Here's the thing. I can hear Jesus saying this. Do you trust me in the inches? That's what he's saying to you tonight. I've been hurt. I'm tired of doing it the right way. I want to do it my way. 
And I feel Jesus saying this to you tonight. Come on, let it hit you. Do you trust me in the inches? In the inches. There's a story of, of a war soldier. He was actually injured. He was crippled. And the enemies were still running after him. So he cannot move. All he has is his upper body. And his legs are crippled. And this is literally, he traveled miles and miles on the floor. Miles and miles. They're coming after him. They're trying to kill him. He cannot walk. And he's traveling miles and miles on the floor. You know what he said? This is what he said. He said, listen, I was on the floor and I would take my right arm and, I, and I'll draw a line. And I'll move to that line. And then I'll reach my arm out again. And I'll draw another line. And then I'll move to that line. And people are chasing him. He's crippled. He has the right to stay exactly where he's at. But he said, listen, I'm not going to stay here. Because of what they did to me, I'm not going to stay here. He's putting his arm out. Oh, let me go. Inch by inch, inch by inch. And he's putting his arm out. And literally, he travels miles and miles on the floor. Literally going by arm's reach every single time. I'm going to ask you again. Jesus is saying, Listen, you've been hurt by past relationships. You have been scarred. You've been damaged. And that's not something we say lightly. But listen to me. Do you trust me in the inches? Do you trust me? Come on, you're here tonight. Do you trust me while you're moving towards me? Do you trust me that I'm there for you and I have the best for you? Every head bow, we act close in the room tonight. Every head bow. No one's looking around. best for you in mind. He has it all mapped out. He has it all planned out. But this is the thing. Are you going to give up what's in your hands? Are you going to give up what's in your hands? Come on, every head bow, we got closed. On the count of three, if you're in this room tonight and you're saying, John, listen, I'm tired of doing it my way. I want to do it God's way. You're in the room tonight. Come on, no one's looking around. It's you and God. Every head bow, every eye closed in reverence to what God is about to do in like 30 seconds. But if you're in the room tonight, you're saying, John, listen, what you're saying makes sense. God wants more for me. I'm tired of settling. Listen, I, I want to I be different. I want to do something different. The line stops here. If you're here tonight and, and you want to make that, that cry, prayer, if you want something different, I'm going to ask you on the count of three. No one looking around. Every head bow, every eye closed. If you're here tonight and you're saying, John, I want something different in my life. I want another chance. I, I, want, I want to do it God's way this time because I'm tired of it. If that is you on the count of three, shoot your hand up. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up. All over this room. Hands are going up. All over this room. Put your hand down. I want you to grab the hand of the person next to you. just went up and here's the thing you can never know what the person next to you is going through like you can never know what journey the person next to you is going through there's so many hands that are raised up that's in listen I'm tired of doing it my way I want to do it God's way every head bow back close come on I want you to pray for that person next to you I want you to pray and lift up a word for yourself tonight Come on, everybody just holding hands in this room. God, I pray for everyone who raised their hand tonight. Everyone in this room that said, listen, I'm tired of doing it my way. Because God, I tried it my way and it did not work. I ended up more hurt than when I got into it. God, I ended up more damaged. When it was in my hands, God, I'm giving it to you. God, you are the main decision. And who I choose is second. Listen, God. We want to do a different God. We need your help. We need your help. We need your guidance, God. God, hold us close to your heart. God, may we take this word and, and sink it deep into.
the deepest part of our hearts. God, we want, we want change. God, we want something different. God, we want something new. Come on, declare it. The line stops here. The line stops here. No more pain. No more struggle. The line stops right here. It stops right here. It stops right here. Let go of that hand next to you. Deliverance is all over this room tonight. God's presence is all over this room tonight. Amen. If you lifted your hand, I really believe that you did. You did half the work. God got you. I want you to hit yourself in the chest and say, God got me. God got me. The second most decision, biggest decision you can ever make is who you choose to be with. But man, some of us in here, we haven't made that first choice. And saying yes to Jesus and saying, God, I want, I want to make you the Lord of my life. God, I want to make you the king of my life. And I want to live for you. And I don't, I don't want it to be a church goer, God. I want to be the church. And this, I want to open it up one more time. Anyone in here, y'all, tonight is a night of salvation. Tonight is a night that you cannot let it pass you by. If you are in this room tonight and you want to make a decision to say yes to Jesus, Every head bow, every eye closed. One more time. Come on, every head bow, every eye closed. If you're in here and you're saying, God, I want to follow you for real this time. God, I want to I reconnect with you. I want to rekindle that fire. Come on, I want to rekindle that fire. Let's go worship team. If you're in this room tonight and you want to accept Jesus, on the count of three, shoot your hand up. One, God loves you. He's watching you. Your best is yet to count. Two, the moment of salvation is right now. Do not let it pass you. On the count of three, shoot your hand up if you want Jesus. One, two, three. Hands are going up all over this place. Come on, if you want Jesus, shoot your hand up in this place tonight. If you want Jesus. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, 